BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Men at Acme. Today we have the one and only Tinks. I'm just going to speak for a couple minutes before we get into her, just answering some of the questions that you had submitted this week. Somebody asked about 69ing. So we had this poll question, like when was the last time you 69 Have you done it in the past few years? And most people said no. And I made a joke like it's a 90s thing. I don't think that's necessarily true. But for me, I never got the appeal of 69ing. Like your junk is in each other's face. And that's kind of too much for me. It's not even an insecurity thing. Like it might've been when I was younger, but I think now it's just like comfortability thing. Like if I'm going to go down on you, I'll go down on you and then you'll go down on me or vice versa. I don't want to do it at the same time. There's just too many moving pieces And can you really make a woman like orgasm when you're also focused on yourself? I don't know. I do know that it's just, it's not for me, but a few guys reached out and they were like, I love 69ing. My girlfriend never does it. So maybe it's more of a guy thing. Um, Maybe it's coming back with Gen Z. I'm not sure. Another person wanted me to ask, or sorry, wanted me to answer why I don't drink coffee. I have never drank coffee. When I was younger, I was really gullible. Like I believed everything my parents told me. And my parents were like, coffee will stunt your growth. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want that. Like I want to grow. And so I literally just never drank coffee, like never had a sip. And it's kind of like cocaine. Like there's no reason I should take a sip because then I'll get addicted. Not that I'm addicted to Coke, but you know, you get the reference. Somebody asked, you have an episode talking about finding a good balance in a relationship between different Myers-Briggs personality types. My boyfriend's an introvert and I'm an extrovert, as are all of his friends. So it took me a while to really see how drained he gets. I'm hoping to understand his side better. So there's a great website and it's called 16personalities.com and you can take a free test about what your type is. So I've done this a couple times and I pretty much always get the same type, which is ENTJ, also known as the commander. Um, And if you are also ENTJ, it means you're extroverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging. So I guess that's what... ENTJ stands for. It is a little confusing. I can't say I'm an like an expert on it. Um, but all I can say is that the people who share my Myers-Briggs personality type are Steve Jobs and let's see who else. Dun, 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 dun. 
Well, it doesn't say, but it used to. Anyway, you get the point. I'm ENTJ, turbulent, which sounds pretty insane, but I guess that's for my boyfriend to deal with. Um, Gray hairs. We asked a question if you have gray hairs or not. And I think it was like 66 people said they don't have gray hairs. No shame in the gray game. Um, I've had gray hairs for a few years now. And I do this thing at the hair salon called a gloss where they just kind of like go over the gray hairs. But sometimes I don't do a gloss. Like I just got my extensions out and I, and he was like, do you want me to fix the grays? And I was like, nah, because I'm always going to be wearing a beanie. Like I'm going to be eating outside. Who cares? But I think we have to be easier on the fact that everyone has gray hairs. It's very normal. We're getting older. That's just what hair does. The slow build versus the initial spark. We talked about this a little bit on the episode with Melissa Woodhealth, but essentially there's two types of, I guess, budding relationships. And there's one that's like an initial spark right off the bat. And then there's a slow build. And neither of them are like the best one. It's not a competition, but they're just different. And so for me, I've had great relationships that are slow build and I've had great relationships that are initial spark. But I think slow build are the ones where the guy kind of like in a hetero situation or, you know, one, one person in like a, any situation has to kind of convince the other person to get on board a little. And the other person slowly like builds a love for this person and it gets stronger and stronger as time goes on. Whereas the initial spark is like, you're immediately attracted to them and then you continue to be attracted to them. But I think that the slow build, it really works under the circumstance that like maybe you're not physically attracted to them or there's something that's kind of drawing you away from them or something that you're hesitant about is usually when the strong, the slow build happens. And then like, as you get to know their personality or you bond and you figure out chemistry you have in different ways, or you see them in different situations, then it builds. For me, I think the initial spark is very necessary, but the best case scenario or not necessary, but just what I like. The best case scenario is that you have an initial spark and a slow build. So you like them right off the bat and then it builds and it builds. And as you get to know them, you realize like this is a really great person. They're not just like hot, but they also are interesting and yada, yada. Okay. One last thought on the Myers-Briggs personality type. I no, this is going to be controversial, but I think it's really difficult. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's really difficult for an extrovert to date an introvert. I think two introverts are better and two extroverts are better. Maybe this is just as an extrovert, something that I have experienced with dating. It's been harder for me to really feel connected to someone who is introverted because it's so important to me like the qualities that an extrovert has are really important to me, but I think that it's different for everybody. And if you're the extrovert and can get the introvert to communicate what they need and you can, you know, give them that, then it can definitely work. Anyway, um, I'm going to turn it over to our interview with Tinks because she is a star. 
Ever since I got back from Miami, I have just been really going ham on like the comfort food, no pun intended. And I was feeling like super bloated and I was like, oh, obviously I should be thinking about restarting Saqqara at least for a week to see how my body reacts to it. And it always reacts well. The detox tea is something that I sip like in between meals and it really helps my digestive tract, which I'm always struggling with. And their amazing breakfasts are just like a boost for the day. If not for Saqqara, I actually wouldn't know what a superfood even is. But Saqqara's amazing ready-to-eat meals have really powerful plant-rich ingredients, including many superfoods. Like every time you eat something from Saqqara, it says on the label like what superfood is inside. And that's so cool because it's something that you can take with you forever. And along with their amazing meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials for optimal nutrition. So their supplement packs called the Foundation and their Metabolism Super Powder are amazing for gut health, energy, immunity, and healthy skin. Sakara, if you haven't heard of it, has been getting amazing reviews from Vogue, New York Times, and Goop forever, and from me, which hopefully means something. So right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when you go to sakara.com slash Acme, or you enter code Acme at checkout. That's S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash Acme. Let me know what you think. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with my friend and superstar and like TikTok legend, Tinks. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I feel like I have to start. I usually will start with like, how old are you and where are you from? And we're going to get into that. But some of the questions that came up, a lot of the repeats was like, where did the name Tinks come from? And I realized that I don't know the answer to this question. So can you share with us? Gosh, I've actually told this story, the truth, um, very few times, not because it's, it's a secret, but because it's such a weird story that I honestly, well, anyway, here we go. When I was younger, I was actually not that confident. And when I was about 10, I watched this movie and in it, there's this character. I don't even remember what the movie's called. It has Kirsten Dunst in it so I could find it. It's called, Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, and there's this movie character called Tinka Parker and she's like the queen bee at the school and she's so confident and everybody's obsessed with her. And so I started saying to my friends like, oh, my alter ego is Tinka Parker. I'm Tinka Parker. And then it went to Tinka and then it went to Tinks and it was kind of fit because like Christina, my real name, Tina at the end, sometimes people call me Tina. And then and tanks just stuck. And, and I slowly just adopted that more confident persona as myself. And that's kind of how that's the truth. But it's like such a weird story, especially at a party. So usually I'm just like, oh, tanks, Peter Pan. I have Peter Pan syndrome. I, ne- I don't want to grow up. And that is mm-hmm. like implicates people enough. But that is, there you have it, the true, the true story of the genesis of my nickname. And I've been called that for 20 years now. So I love it. And I just did a shady Google and not only do I have the movie for you, it's called All I Want to Do. There we go. Okay, I thought that. But yeah. I watched this movie growing up with my sister and we were obsessed with it. Yeah. 
For some reason, I remember someone like eating like Chef Boyardee from a can in one scene. I don't know. I, yeah. It, it just like it, the movie was a vibe. Well, it's all it's all about a, an all girls school. Yes. They don't yes. want to let boys in, which is so on theme for my life. I went to an all girls school until I was went to college. And then I was president of my sorority and I lived in my sorority for three years. And I'm very like... I don't even know how to describe it. I wouldn't, I am a feminist, but I wouldn't go, I wouldn't say that first. I would say I'm a girl's girl, like through and through. And I'm, I'm like a, I I love girls. I love female friendship. And I'm kind of like, that is so on theme for my life. Like if, if my life was a silly movie, I would be the one who was like playing tricks on the boys so that they didn't come and like ruin our sleepover at our, 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 our all girls school. I can't talk. Yeah. And I know, and I want to get into that exact point actually, but just to go over the annoying background stuff. So Tinks, mm-hmm. how old are you and where are you from? I am 30 years old. I'm from London, England. Current relationship status? Single. And Zodiac chart. I could literally recite it like... Virgo. Blind. Virgo. With with a what rising? Cancer. Virgo. No, Virgo mm-hmm. rising. Your Virgo rising Capricorn moon. I have... I, I shit. I should have looked this up. I, I have... So, okay... It, if I remember correctly, while Tinks looks it up, she's a Virgo sun, a Virgo rising and a Capricorn moon. I'm also a Virgo rising and a Capricorn moon. So I felt this like weird kinship when we met, which will tell the story of how we met, um, but confirm or deny the Zodiac stuff. Here we go. My chart. Let's see. I'm Virgo Let's rising. See. Yes. Okay. Where's it said sun in Virgo? On the edge of our seats here. I know. Can't Cancer ascendant. No, so you're Cancer rising. Yeah, yeah. I'm Virgo, Cancer, Virgo. Oh, what? Did I always just imagine us both being Virgo rising Capricorn moon and I was wrong? I don't know. Wait, so you're Cancer rising and then Virgo moon? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Oh, no, this makes sense. You know what? I actually know why I thought that. Um, But regardless... So Tinks is a Virgo sun, a cancer rising Virgo moon. So you are double Virgo Mm. in a lot of ways, Mm. which makes you super hard on yourself, which we're going to get into later. Mm. Um, The cancer rising, I love. It's very like direct in a way, um, which which is so you. But going back to what you were saying about um, loving girls and being a girl's girl, I actually find that so interesting. I, I know that you are a girl's girl and I've experienced it in our friendship, but you don't have any sisters. And so I'm like, this, this is like my immediate thought. I'm like, are you more of a girl's girl if you have sisters or a sister or less? Do you know what I'm saying? I think that, yeah, I think you hit on something so important. And I think that I maybe have this space to be, just dive into female friendships and be obsessed with girls because I didn't have it growing up in the house. And Mm. I'm like always obsessed with my, with my friends, older sisters was like always an obsession. Like what's your older sister doing? Can we hang out with her? Like always, always obsessed with older girls and thinking that they're cool and idolizing my friends, older sisters to the point of like celebrity. I thought that they were just like like literally celebrities to me. Um, so I think maybe that's why is because I, I just, you know, and I also think it's all girls school that really does drill it into you. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I absolutely loved it. Um, it it was an intense experience and yes, you know, rose colored glasses looking back, but I absolutely loved it. I did focus on school a lot. I, I didn't, we, we just, because we didn't have any boys, like boys were almost like this weird mythical creature. And I mean, that might have screwed me up a bit for dating when yeah. I was in college, but 
Um, I, you know, I love, I love that I'm so close to girlfriends and, and that I love women so much. And so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I agree with you on the all girls school thing. I went to an all girls school also, and it definitely helps you with confidence. Like you would think that it would knock you down, um, but because you don't have to like wear makeup to school and care about your appearance and care about impressing boys and sounding stupid if you raise your hand, like you do end up having more confidence once you go to you know college or whatever, and you're like integrated with boys again. It's less it's like, I'm good on my own. It's more of like an independence thing, which I really like. Yeah, I I completely agree. So everyone's so curious how you and I met. I feel like we have like two different versions. So, I mean, not two different versions, but like we have my way and whatever. You see what I'm saying. So I was introduced to Tinks. I think it was from Jasmine. Mm -hmm. Shout out Jasmine. And she was like, my friend's an amazing writer and she wants to maybe like do a piece on you. And I was like, oh my God. And this was when I didn't have like any articles written about me. Not that there are like that many now, but um, I just like, it was rare that someone would be interested in doing any sort of profile on me. So I was like, this is so cool. We went to lunch at this place near Union Square. And I think we got like fries or I ordered fries and a grilled cheese or something like that. And fries and a Coke. And I was like, this girl is amazing. This is so cool. (laughs) And I'm a fan of the podcast and I was just so excited. I mean, again, not to be like one of those people, but I do love when women are just doing such cool things. And I thought you had carved out such an interesting niche and, and you had just hit on what people want to hear and talk about. So like on the nose that I was just obsessed and, and we had French fries and Coke and we were friends since then. And I was just so like excited about Tinks. I feel like we had hung out like maybe another time after that. What I remember distinctly about you, but tell me if, my memory's failing me again, like the Zodiacs, is that you, when you found something in the city that you liked to eat, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it was very specific. And then you would have it every single day that you were there. Yeah. And you were like that as well. You were like, yes. I always ask people when I'm getting to know them about their morning routines. And I, mm-hmm. I asked you and you were telling me like exactly your morning routine, you get the same bagel. And I was like, oh, I do that as well. And at the time, like I was just a writer, I didn't have followers. And now it's so funny because my followers know me as someone who it literally is so, I mean, it's strange. I eat the same thing, the same five things over and over. I can't eat anything new. I'm, I'm not really that adventurous. Not because I like, don't like to try things and I'll try it, but I just, I like what no, I love. It's like you, yeah, you, you know what you like and it's, yeah. it's amazing. And then I remember I, you know, followed you right after that. And you, this was early days before anyone knew about tanks or like, obviously, you know, people knew, but not in the way that they do now. And you would post the like rich mom um, paragraphs, like you would wear um, an outfit and you would do the rich mom paragraph. And I lost my shit every time I looked at them, like I was dying, cracking up. And I remember I I have to find it in our old messages, but I for sure messaged you something like, this is so gold. Like this need, like someone needs to, and so anyway, I'm going to stop being cheesy, but like watching everyone else now get to enjoy it is a really amazing thing. I got a DM the other day and the person was like, 
sausage party. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they were like, that's a movie that's very similar to the one that you were describing of the imperfect foods that kind of get together and like sing and dance. So if you haven't seen it, I actually have seen it a while ago. It was just so out of context. I was so confused. You absolutely need to watch this movie. And the reason that I'm even talking about all of this is because let's talk food imperfections for a second. We all have them as people, but we hold our groceries to this like crazy standard I always try to get like the perfect navel orange and then it's not sweet, but like maybe one that might've been imperfect would have been way sweeter. And that's how so many billions of pounds of foods go to waste. Like all of this food is going to waste because people are being so, oh my God, it has to be perfect. Can't have a bruise on the banana, but imperfect foods is actually on a mission to reimagine grocery delivery for a kinder and less wasteful world, which we all want to live in that world. And they just make it so easy for you to save time, save money and save food. So you always feel good about what you're doing. Right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off plus free shipping on your first order when you go to imperfectfoods.com and make sure to use the promo code ACME. You go to imperfectfoods.com now and for a limited time, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping on your first order if you go to imperfectfoods.com and use the code ACME to sign up. Don't forget 20% off plus free shipping and you're going to be enjoying food that you're pretty much saving from death. You're really just like, you're a good person if you're shopping at Imperfect Foods. Remember 20% off plus free shipping, imperfectfoods.com and use offer code ACME. I'm so glad that we have Tinks on the podcast today because not only is she beautiful and kind, but she has amazing hair. And she has some really great TikToks actually where she's like getting her hair done from her hair person. So I highly recommend it. He's really funny too. But for me, I just took out my extensions and I was a little nervous. Like, oh my God, is my hair going to be like thin and falling out? Like I would hate that. But I immediately re-upped my function of beauty order and did a little hair quiz, told them exactly what I needed. Like I needed length, I need volume, I needed thickness. And, you know, my hair changes all the time. I feel like during the winter, it's really like flat against my face and like staticky and weird. So it was really important for me to get a new shampoo and conditioner that mimicked kind of what I needed at this moment and what I'm going through. And that's why Function of Beauty, you know, is my number one. It's also vegan and cruelty-free and they don't have any sulfates or parabens. So like it's way different than any sort of grocery store shampoo and conditioner that you could get. And they offer completely personalized formulas. So like you are, as I mentioned, you're taking a quiz and then they send you the product. So never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Just go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. You can take your quiz and save 20% on your first order, which applies to the full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Let them know that we sent you and you'll get 20% off your order at functionofbeauty.com slash Acme now. So, I mean, I don't even know where to start here. Some of these questions are really out there. Some are more normal. Um, so 
Somebody asked, we'll just, I guess, get right into this about Botox. Um, You are so open and it's such an amazing quality that everyone appreciates. You live in LA right now. It's next to impossible to not indulge in one of the many LA things. So when did you start with Botox and what have you had done? So I got Botox when I was 26 for the first time. And I got it from Dr. Lara Defkin in New York. And everybody wants to know where I got my Botox in New York. I go to Dr. Lara Defkin in LA. I go to Dr. Raj Kanodia. Um, And to answer the original question, I've only had Botox. I haven't had anything else, but that's not to say I wouldn't in the future. I got it 26, very, very light preventative. I've definitely taken it up a notch. I love Botox. It makes me feel really confident. I like that it prevents my wrinkles. I don't think there's a problem with doing anything you want. I think it's nice to be open about it because I don't want anybody to think, you know, in the past, so many celebrities have lied and said they haven't done anything. And then, you know, it comes out that they have, or like they so clearly have. And then that's what messes with people, especially I think young women is thinking, Oh, I should look like that with no help. And it's like, no, you know, if you, my face doesn't move, I don't have wrinkles because I have, you know, a thousand dollars of both Botox in my face. Like that's why it's not because I drink a lot of water. Um, (laughs) but the, you know, the second part of your question or what you were getting at is like the LA thing. And I will say that when you arrive in LA, this is my friend's term. I won't say who, I don't think she wants me to say, but she says people get the fever and I totally got the fever. Like when I first moved to LA, I was walking around and it is like, you get shell shocked um, almost with how it's not even beautiful. It's like manicured. Everybody is like, they look perfect. They have all these amazing tiny bodies. There's not an ounce of fat on them. Their faces are perfect. Their hair is perfect. And this is like to a workout class. And I will admit, I got the fever. I was telling my friends, oh guys, I'm going to get, you know, lip filler. I'm going to get a boob job. I'm going to get, you know, a BBL, like all this stuff. And they were like, you know, I really credit some of my, some of my girlfriends in LA. They were like, just wait, just wait a year, wait six months. You have the fever right now. And thank God I did. Not because I'm shaming anybody who wants to do that, but because I actually don't feel the need to do that or change myself. But it can totally be overwhelming when you arrive in LA, if you move here. What's a BBL? Brazilian butt lift. Yeah. Uh Oh yeah. Okay. It like hit me as I was saying it. Um, But for some reason, I feel like if I moved to LA... I'm sure like the fever would happen for two seconds, but then I, I would convince myself and maybe this is delusion. You tell me that guys in LA are actually not looking for somebody who's like suffered from the fever, but in fact, someone who's like maybe one natural person out of a million non. You know, it's really tough to say. And I think a frustration and something I talk a lot of with my supporters about, or, you know, we, ha- we always talk, they always want to talk about it on live. They say, do you think that guys know? And the truth is, I don't think that they always do. It's same yeah. with like Instagram filters and like a little um, Photoshop here and there on people's Instagram. I was hanging out with a guy um, this weekend and he was like, wow, my roommate brought this girl home and we had all seen her Instagram and she was like so stunning. We were so excited to see her and like meet her in person. And she she was like nothing like her Instagram. And, and he said mm. all the roommates were like kind of grossed out by her, especially considering like the, ma- the massive difference. So in some cases they can tell, but like my point is there's a lot of confusion. And I think yeah. sometimes we feel like this is not, this is not fair because 
guys don't know at all. Yeah. And and I actually agree with you. And it's so frustrating. Like now that I think about it, guys don't really know. I my There's this porn star that is really hot mm-hmm. um, that he's going to kill me, but that my boyfriend thinks is hot um, as well. Yeah. And... She, and we we like love her like together. We love her. Not necessarily like love watching her together, but just like love her. Like she has an Instagram, whatever. And um, I was like, you know what? I bet you he thinks that she's natural. Like not her boobs, obviously, but like everything else. And so I looked for a before photo of said porn star just to like, you know, show him. And he was shocked yeah. and taken aback. And he was like, yeah. I don't believe it. And it's like, yeah, they see what they want to see. So I, I have to say that's not very girls girlsy of me, but I do once in a while love playing that game with like it's a fun game. people in, in LA, like, you know, girls on the scene and I'll show guys and I'll be like, do you know what she looked like before? And the, yeah. the crazy thing is they're like, so it doesn't matter to them. That, but then well, it doesn't matter. That, and then it doesn't matter. They're so yeah. shocked. They're like, whoa, that's really crazy. It's two different people. And then they're like, well, you know, like, and I'm like, would you still smash? And they're like, 100%. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. there we yeah. go. Yeah, guys only care what you look like at that very moment. 100%. They don't, they don't care about what you looked like. There was actually a crazy article. I think it was in China. This man married a woman who had had a lot of work done and their baby came out looking like she originally had looked and he sued her. <laughs> Oh, oh swear to God, psychotic. Well, and I think that guys have this, um, I think a lot of guys, especially in LA kind of tell themselves, Oh, I'll date this. I'll date the fake girls, but my wife is going to be natural. I think. Yeah. And it's like, no, she isn't. She isn't like half the time you don't even know. And then also like, that's just such a weird double standard, like idealizing thing that is so weird. But I know a lot of guys who are like, my wife would like never have anything. And it's like, okay, well, every girl you've dated has. So what? Yeah, literally. What's the difference? Um, Somebody asked your favorite and least favorite things about the cities you've lived in. So I guess that's New York City, LA, London, and SF. Okay, let's go fast. So London, my favorite thing... Right now, I'm kind of in a phase of idealizing it because I haven't been home in so long. So my favorite thing is... I think just the culture, which is an annoying answer, but you know, I grew up going to the theater after school on weeknights and that's, I mean, that's such an amazing experience and, you know, just being around so much culture all the time, that, that was what was important to, to everybody who I went to school with all the families that I knew growing up. And that's really special. It's sort of similar to New York. You know, people are reading, they're going to the theater. What concert are you going to? It's just very, um, and also how multicultural it was. What I don't like is, Right now, nothing because I'm homesick and, and it's like my, my childhood home. SF is so, oh my God, like homogenous. And by the time that I left, it was every single dinner party you sat down to. Hi, I'm an engineer at Google. Hi, I'm an engineer at Facebook. Hi, I'm an engineer at this. Oh, I have a startup. Oh, I have a startup, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, there was nothing. I didn't feel creative at all. I didn't feel like that creativity was valued there. I felt like it was so samey and there was, you know, but it's a really good lifestyle, I would say, in San Francisco. Like if you're mm-hmm. 35 and you're married, great city to live in. You go to Napa, you know, you've got a nice house. Right, right. You're healthy, blah, blah, blah. New York, the energy is unmatchable. I mean, it's, it's you know, you land in New York and you feel like your blood is supercharged. You're just, you feel it. It's a living, breathing thing. But the downside of New York for me was it was too hectic in the end and too fast paced for where I was in my life. And LA, I love the lifestyle again. And I love 
obviously for what I'm doing right now, it's amazing. I will say, I will say the people are a mixed bag here and it, yeah. you have to stick with the people that, you know, you have to stick with your friends. You cannot get caught in the scene. And I was completely guilty of that last year, but you know, spending time in New York, over the past month or two has really pulled me out of that and kind of made me reassess some things. It's a mixed bag and you have to be kind of careful in LA with who you fall fall in with. So, Yeah. Would you say that in LA, you get more respect or more attention if you're going to, let's say a dinner party or whatever it is, and you are like on the up and up as opposed to just like, you know, existing? Lindsay, the experience has been unbelievable. And I, I keep talking about it to, you know, my supporters and anyone who wants to know. And I feel like I'm going to be taken out because I'm like letting, I'm, you know, giving away the secret, the amount of people, I mean, and I'm telling you, it's so, it's so blatant. It's like the day you get the blue check mark, the next day you have texts from random people. When you hit literally, when you hit a hundred thousand followers the next day, I've had so many people from my past reach out over the past six months I feel gross. Like, and I don't, I'm not famous. I just have followers on TikTok. Like I'm not in a movie or anything. The amount of people, oh my God, how are you? Let's get lunch. When are you back in LA? Let's hang out. Let's hang out. I'm like, do you think that I don't know what you're doing? Like, do you think that I, do you think that I can't see? It's, it's made me kind of, uh, that was again, why I was like reassessing everything in the past couple months, because my friends who have been there for me for, since the beginning, I'm like with them now all the time. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't have any time for the people who are coming out of the woodworks, boys, girls, everything, professional, non-professional. It's, it freaks me out. Yeah. That's a gross feeling. It's like little things. And, and I had a friend invite me to dinner the other night and she just kept like adding more people to the reservation that I didn't know. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, what is the reason? Yeah. What is the reason that these people who we don't know are coming to dinner? Yeah. Like, what is the reason? Um, somebody asked how to not feel down when all your friends are getting married and you're single. And by the way, I get this question all the time, but it's like, it's almost phrased worse. It's like, how to not feel down when all your friends are engaged, married and having babies, but you're none of those things yet. So if the question in itself is triggering, I am with you, but I don't think it should be. And I feel like you're going to have a great answer to this. Yeah. I, gosh, people ask me this all the time too. And again, I think what you said is really important. It's like, if you're asking that question, that's almost why you're feeling down because you're comparing. Mm. One of my big mantras that I say every day to everybody, comparison is the thief of joy. And Mm. that is the truest thing. You have to like learn how to control, alt, delete your brain. Like every time you go to that space, oh, blah, blah, it's got engaged. Oh, blah, blah, it's had a baby. Just control, alt, delete comparisons, the thief of joy. To dig into it a bit more. I mean, I think like there's no quick fix. You have to be happy with where you are in your life. Yeah. You have to work on yourself. And, and that, that tends to be the answer to a lot, a lot of things. If you're comparing or if you're feeling glum, it's usually like there's something unfinished or that you need to sort of work out within yourself. Have I been comparative in the past? 100%. Has my recent career uptick made me feel a lot more stable and comfortable and happy and joyous? 100%. But you know, 
all of the fixes are within you. It's not going to come from anybody else. You have to, you have to work out, you know, what's going on in here. Um, Mm -hmm. At the top line, you just can't compare. You can't. And the irony is that they would never say, you know, to your friends who are married and having babies, how do you not feel down when your friends are on the up and up and doing well in their careers and they don't have to deal with babies and weddings? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's another question they should be asking. Like, your friends who are maybe having babies and married and don't have a career, how do they feel about the fact that you aren't dealing with those burdens and you do have a great career? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no one ever considers that it could be the other way around or, you know, that maybe if you were married and had kids, you wouldn't have had this opportunity to pursue something that you're really excited about. Yeah, completely. And no, they don't. And it's just, I mean, right now I feel completely stable about it. I think in the past I have felt really comparative and really behind, you know, times where I've just been so upset and felt so lost. But again, it was more because like, I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing with my life or the next step. Like it wasn't, it's not about the other people. And the other thing I'll say before we move on is like learning how to be truly happy for your friends is one of the most valuable lessons you can Mm. yourself. And I mean, feeling deep joy in your belly when your friend gets married, has a baby, gets a promotion, does something cool. And I don't know if it was the all girls school thing or what, but that is something I taught myself very young. And it has been an enormous, enormous help, not just in not comparing myself, but in my life. Um, Uh I think that people don't spend enough time hyping up their friends. I don't think people feel it. Like it's, it's like my joy. Like when my friend gets married, I'm like, she's so happy. This is what she wanted. Like, I feel that deep joy. And when people, when you redirect your energy and just, instead of thinking like, well, I want a ring instead think, oh my God, like she's literally with the man of her dreams. Feeling that joy is a great way to redirect that. Yeah, exactly. I actually just posted something very similar to what you just said. And it's so true. And it's also like her getting married and being happy or getting a dream promotion. Like that has nothing. It doesn't take away from you being happy and from you getting your dream promotion and whatever it is. And I feel like people need to realize that. Plus it just manifests good energy around you. Mm -hmm. Um, But on that same note, like, have you ever ended a friendship? Um... Yeah, I have. I have definitely cut out people. I I don't know if this is a Virgo thing, but for me, I am fiercely loyal until you're out and then you're so out. It's insane. Like once Mm -hmm. you caught me or crossed me or betrayed my trust, I will cut you out and you no longer exist and you no longer have access to me or my energy. Yeah. And, you know, it sucks to do that, but people need to learn when to cut someone out. I, you know, I have this rule. I know you have a lot of cool rules. So this is one of mine that I've had for honestly, probably about 10 years. Okay. Every friend that you have has a fatal flaw. Sometimes it can be immaturity. Sometimes it can be, um, they talk about themselves a lot. Sometimes it can be, they're always late or flaky. Once you identify the fatal flaw, you have to decide, is this person going to, is it worth it to me? Like, can I be their friend without bitching about them, about always being late? Say, take that one, whatever. If you can, then you accept the fatal flaw and you never talk about it. You never bitch about that, whatever. If you can't, you have to 
cut them out. And I've had certain times with certain friends where I've identified their fatal flaw and it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. And then I got so overwhelming and I, I noticed myself start to bitch about it to other friends. And then that's at the point when you're like, I have to make space between me and this person because this isn't healthy for either, either of us, because I can't take that aspect of their personality or whatever. Does that make sense? hundred percent. What's your fatal flaw? Mine is, oh my God, I have so many. I, I think a lot of my friends would say it's like impatience and that, that can manifest in like small, funny ways to, where, to the point where like, I sometimes will just get up and leave like the table. It's so rude. Or it can be in bigger things when I'm like, you know, manifest in anxieties about the future or future tripping or stuff like that. So I think a lot of friends would say impatience, but I also do this thing where I like make a problem before there is one, which I guess is also related to impatience where Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll like go several steps in my head. You know, it could be anything like planning a trip or, you know, if there's like tension between someone, I'll go several steps and then I'll create an issue before there is one. And that's so fucking annoying. So that might be it too. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm like obviously running now through all my different flaws, but trying to figure out which is like the fatal one that could be annoying in friendship. Um, Yeah. So I will get back to you on that. But if you think of any, let me know. I love that the title of this episode is how to be happy single when all of your friends are married, because I could go on about this forever. There are so many amazing perks of being single that now, you know, in a relationship, when I live with my partner, I see the grass is always greener on the other side. Not that I'm not incredibly happy, but one of the things that will always hold a special place in my heart is being able to masturbate without someone else around. And part of what I love about that is how creatively I can do it. For me, I love to hear something that really turns me on. So I was using Dipsy for a while and it's just this amazing audio app full of short and sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each story features characters that are like real people and it's like, you know, off-limit hookups. I'll actually read you like a description of... They have these reviews on the website too. So you can choose a story based on a review. Like this one's called Virgo Season. And in the story, this girl, Allison, is in charge of a big project. And she seeks out the advice of a creative director she used to work with named Lewis. She meets him at his studio. It gets intimate. Like they're opposites and they clash, but that makes their attraction more intense. Like, you know where this is going. It just, it gets so hot so quickly. And it's just like the best way to really pleasure yourself is like choosing a story that you really love. And it's so much better and more palpable than like some gross thing that's in your face. So I really want you to try it. Dipsy is offering you guys a 30-day free trial. When you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme, you can choose from so many different stories, depending on what you're into, what turns you on, you know, maybe it's different that day, maybe different that week. And it's a 30-day free trial. So you get it uh, basically a month of masturbating for free. You just go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme now. Dipsystories.com slash Acme. Check it out. Okay. Deserted Island. Mm-hmm. What three things are you taking with you? Um, the simple modern water cup, obviously. <laughs> 
my phone. Can I say my phone? That's yeah. a, my phone. If you have service. And the complete works of Shakespeare. Wow. That's very, really? um, that's very Ivy League of you. No, I, I. Was, was Stanford an Ivy? It's not. Is Stanford an Ivy? It's not. It's such a controversy. <laughs> it's better than an Ivy. Ivy League are all, <laughs> all the, um, the East Coast, like preppy, like old school schools. Stanford's like the Wild West. Yeah, um, but. So. But it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely hard as hard to get into as an Ivy, I would say. Yeah. If you wrote a book tomorrow, what's it called? Um, <laughs> well, my friends always joked in college because I was like actually from England then literally when I moved and I, I there were so many things I didn't know about it. They always joked that I was going to write a book called Tinks Comes to America because I would always be like, what's the, what's the corn dog, you guys are stupid stuff. And they were like, what? Um, so maybe be called that or maybe it would be called, oh God. I like the many adventures of the mini mic. Many adventures of mini mic. Yeah. Tinks and mini mic. Tinks tries it. I don't know. This is all very cheesy, but I, uh, that's a good one. I, maybe I would just call it guys because the other thing my friends always say is to get people's attention. I'm always like, guys, guys, guys. And I just say that over and over again. <laughs> that's funny. I would, I would read a book called guys. And then it has a double entendre because that could also be about all the men in my life. So I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. So you mentioned your rules and I really like the friend rule that you just gave us. I feel like there's a lot more rules within tanks. What are some dating rules that you live by? I feel like so many of them are borrowed from or learned from your podcast, different guests you've had over the years. I'm a big believer in no same day dates. Like mm. ask me today, like, oh, can you hang out tonight? That's horrible. Horrible. I totally agree with you on if he is likes you, he's texting you. I mm-hmm. totally believe that. I don't, there is no mixed messages like at all. And you were saying in the beginning, how, oh, am I direct? And I'm so brutal and direct with my friends. There is no, there's no confusion. If he likes you, he's right. hanging out with you. There is nothing. He's not dead. Unless he's lying in a ditch somewhere. If he wants to hang out with you, he will find a way. Trust me. Um, right. What else? I feel like we learned one. Um, we were talking about this a few weeks ago that like you can't talk to someone too much before you meet in real life. Oh my God, completely. It totally throws off the vibe. I had that situation over Christmas where I was talking to a guy in a dating app and we were like within two days calling each other on the phone, talking all day, every day. Like I literally thought he was going to be my boyfriend. And then he came back from like where he was earlier to just to meet me. And halfway through the day, I got the worst ick of my life. Like could not, I was, I got the ick so hard. It was overwhelming and I never saw him again. Yeah. It happens. This is such a good question that someone submitted. I literally, it's so funny. I always ask people to submit questions for guests and people are just like, what's your name? People became interviewers. Like people became Barbara Walters when I I asked for questions for tanks. Uh This one is so good. What's the most awkward situation you've been in and how you handled it either with a partner, like with a guy or professionally. And I don't know if this is the one that's coming to your mind, but you did tell me about one this summer. Obviously we wouldn't name names, but it sounded like a really bad one that you did handle well. Um, but you tell me. What, what was the, what was the thing? It was to be as vague as possible. It was when you were FaceTiming with someone and they did something not okay. 
Yes. Okay. So I... But I don't know if that's your most awkward. So you tell me. Oh my God. That was so awkward. That's a good one. So this summer, I, I've done a lot of FaceTime dating. And I will say the one thing that um, lockdown has brought out for me is like, now I'm actually a big fan of the pre-date screen um, with mm. a phone call or a FaceTime just because I actually like don't want to waste my time with... Um, I know that's contradictory to the, you can't talk too much, but see, I consider a FaceTime or a call, like almost like a first date or contact point. Um, I'm talking about no texting. Like I don't want to be your pen pal. Um, mm-hmm. so guys, this summer I was, I was chatting with this guy. He slid into my DM said, I saw you on TikTok. Um, think you're funny. Can we, you know, let's have a FaceTime date. I was like, sure, whatever. And he's quite well known. I mean, he has a blue check mark. Not that that's like the, you know, being well known. <laughs> he has a lot to lose. He's on TV very often. And we were having quite a nice chat, uh, quite a nice FaceTime, you know, a bit weird. I was probably not going to meet up with him. And about half an hour in, he was like, Do you want to see what I'm doing? And I was like, What do you mean? And he flipped the camera and he was stroking his dick. Like, his hard dick and it was just the raw penis. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm just being honest, like looking back, I wish I had done something cooler, but I have the personality where I never want people to be embarrassed, even though that's so awkward and weird that he did that and so disrespectful. I was like, oh my God, like that's so weird and funny. Like I was nice about it. I, Mm. I wish that I wasn't. And I think, I don't know if that's like internalized misogyny or if it's just my Britishness. I never, I hate awkward things, but I just absorbed the grossness. And I was like, oh, cool. Good for you. Well, I guess I'll leave you to it. And I just quite quickly hung up. But I wish in in the past, I've been like, that's really gross. Like I just met you and I feel kind of violated that you just showed me that without warning. Like you have to you have to tell people before you're going to show them a picture or a video of your dick. Right. It's not okay. And it always comes right. from someone who's fucking on TV, which is disgusting. Narcissism. Hey. Exactly. You um, were very open about something this summer when you fell for a friend of yours. Yeah. And a lot of people had written in asking how you moved on from, from liking a friend. Well, it was quite the saga and it really did take a lot out of me. Um, for a brief recap, who any for anybody who doesn't know, I started sleeping with my best guy friend in lockdown and obviously developed feelings for him and ended up sort of telling him and he's not ready for a relationship, which by the way, another rule, there's no such thing as, t- you know, that's like if they wanted to be with you. As they, as we say on TikTok, if he wanted to, he would. Um, yeah. And that's really painful. I mean, sorry to go on a tangent, but I think the downside of me being so strict with my friends and so direct is that I don't, I can't bullshit myself either. So like whenever I have a situation with a guy, I'm like, that's it. Like, you know, there's, you know, that's the truth. So it's, that's tough sometimes. But I started dating another guy who was really sweet not to try and get over him. It was just happened to be that I met this other guy. We started dating for a while and he was lovely and treated me so well and was so kind and perfect and perfect on paper. But ultimately I, you know, I I just didn't see myself falling in love with him and I don't want to waste anybody's time, mine included. So I broke up with him in November. Um, So that helped. Sadly, I think that time does heal all wounds. And I wish that 
I wish that I could take more space from my friend, but unfortunately I'm not strong enough because I love him so much as a friend and I still hang out with him quite a lot. And wow, this got sad. No, I'm not still in love with him, but um, it's just, I think the reason that I care about him so much and that I started to have feelings for him in the, in the first place is that he sees me for who I really sees me for who I really am and accepts me and lets me be completely myself, but isn't, um, isn't like afraid of me in any way. And especially recently, that's something I'm valuing more and more as just to be blunt, people suck up to me more and more. Now my true friends who I've known for a long time who are like, Tink's like, shut the fuck up. You're being ridiculous. Or like, you're such a word or whatever. Like I value that so much. And so, um, yeah. Also, um, you know, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, but when I thought for some reason that you were a Virgo rising, you are definitely a Cancer rising. And it is because, and I love this about you and it's something I really admire because I'm not that much in touch with my emotions. And you are so open about crying and like feeling the feels when you have them. And I think it really normalizes like being a cool girl, but like can also cry. Um, Love cry. That that should be the name of your book. I'm a cool girl, but I also cry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was a big, like people are always like, when did you know, like the social media thing or when did you make the choice? And like, there was a couple points, like getting a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, whatever, whatever, getting reposted by certain accounts. But when I was sitting in my car filming myself crying and I was sitting there and I was like, am I going to post this? Like, am I going to tell people? Am I, am I not? And then I thought at the end of the day, I view my, my viewers as my friends and they're yeah. part of my life. And I love being open with them. And it's not that I felt like I owed them. I wanted to share and I wanted to show that like, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to also get rejected. That was another thing that I wanted to show is like, people are so ashamed of like, oh, they don't want to be in a relationship with you. It's okay. Like it's not, it's not embarrassing. Like it's not about you. It's about them. And so I was like, I hit the, the play button. I hit the post button and I was crying on the internet. And so that was a big turning point for me, but yes, I, I love to cry. Oh, all the time in public, mostly. <laughs> and I think that means so much to, especially like the young fans and supporters of supporters of yours, because they're growing up in Gen Z. We're like, it's not okay to do anything. Um, oh my God. I know. It's, it's beyond. You're so funny. Um, at least, you know, to me, but when you date, do you keep it light and funny like you are, or do you find that you're a little bit more serious and like, would you rather be like internet personality tinks when dating more? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. And, and there's, I I thought we were going to talk about this and I was trying to explain, I was trying to think about how I could explain without sounding like an absolute loon, but there are different sides to my personality. And I think a lot of people who are like funny or have big personalities uh, to the public kind of can have a more, a way more serious intellectual uh, side to them. And so I think it's sometimes confusing when people meet me offline, they're like, Oh, she's not like not holding a mini mic or she's not literally like, even my voice changes slightly. It's, you know, projects more. Um, And that can get confusing because I think, I think it can get confusing for anybody who's like performative. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. I go on a date, I can ham it up. I'm in that mood where I'm like, I'll roll in really hot and I'll be like, you know, myself, but then sometimes I'm like tired and I'm just like, Oh, Hey, like I'm tanks. Like, what's up? How are you? And then that can be confusing for them. 
So all this to say, it's why I'm finding dating a little bit difficult lately because I'm such an in my head person that I trip out and I'm like, wait, which side of myself should I show first? And that's why I end up falling for literally any friend of mine, any guy friend that I like hang out with too much. I'm like telling my friends, I have a crush on him. They're like, no, you don't. You just like him because he knows you, but you have to let other people get to know you. So that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. (laughs) I feel like the solution to that is just to have like 20 guy friends so that they all know you. (laughs) And it's like one out of 20 is obviously going to like you more than a friend. Totally. Okay. This is the last question that we, um, are taking from your supporters and fans. And then we're going to go into some rapid fire. What's the most cringe thing you've done for a guy's attention? Lindsay, I I have done some absolutely completely nuts thing. I mean, should I quickly tell the sex on fire story? I I mean, okay, quickly. In college, I was dating a guy for about nine months and we weren't, we were exclusive, but we weren't boyfriend, girlfriend. And he was like, well, you know, you're really cold and you're not like showing me that much attention. So if you don't, if you don't, um, like do that, then I'm going to dump you. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to lose him, but I have a really hard time being like sometimes touchy feely or whatever. So I think what do emotional people love? They love candles, like in all rom-coms, like people who are in love, they have candles. So I take my bike, obviously I couldn't even fucking drive because I'm 20 at this point or whatever. Bike to CVS, like literally buy every Yankee candle in like vanilla sugar cookie flavor, bike back to my sorority. And I set up like a shrine of candles in my sorority room. And all my sorority sisters are like, tanks, whatever you do, don't set the house on fire. Because if you do, the sprinklers will go off and all of our clothes will be ruined. And I was like younger. And I was like, oh my God, I would never disrespect the older girls like that. I'll open all the windows. I'll put all the candles by my bed. So I'm like, okay, come on over. Owen, I don't think he cares that I say his name. And so he came over and it was you know, I obviously drank a bottle of wine in preparation for the seance and, um, it was late and whatever, literally like 50 candles and things start happening. We drink another bottle of wine and we start having sex. And all of a sudden in, in, in my Merlot haze, I hear this beeping and I'm like, what is that sound? And he's, he's like, what is that? And, and then I realize it's the smoke alarm. And then I look behind him and my bed is on fire all my pillows, my bed is there. And I was like, Oh my God, I dismount. And I'm like, all I can think about is not my safety, nothing. It's the girl's clothes. I'm like, if I burn down this house and all my sorority sisters clothes are gone, they're going to kill me. So I'm like, take, start taking pillows. I'm whacking them together, literally doing anything I can. Of course, the dude is standing there naked, like doing like a moron doing nothing by the grace of God. I get this fire out. The door swings open. My entire sorority is staying in the door. I'm naked. He's naked. They're like, Tinks, what the fuck? And I'm like, guys, don't worry. I got the fire out. I look down and my hand is like charred, like burned meat charred. At this point, I black out from shock. He drives me to the emergency room, by the way, while playing Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon. (sighs) I'm like, Skyping my mom in England. I'm like, mom, like they're going to amputate my hand. Like I go into the emergency room. They're like, you're going to lose the use of your fingers. I'm like sobbing. They're like rolling me in to get skin grafts. And like the last thing I remember is literally saying to him, okay, you can be my boyfriend now. And he was like, 
I've been your boyfriend for a long time. And that's, <sighs> so I guess that was a long winded way of saying the, the, the thing I've done to get his attention was literally light myself on fire. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a very, you know, and then I came back from break at Stanford and I had literally, I'm, I'm dating myself, but I had, or aging myself. I had like so many Facebook messages being like, I heard you set Owen on fire, like doing some freaky stuff. Oh my God. I heard, like you were doing some like pyrotechnics. <gasps> and I was like, no, I was just trying to Wait. show him that I love him. Like, that is really <laughs> funny. But did you get your fingers back? Like, yeah. Thank you. They look the Clara burn unit. They are amazing people, but I missed all my finals. My mom had to fly out from England. I had to get skin grafts. I, I literally slept oh with my, my hand tied to the ceiling of the, I was in the burn unit. I mean, I, I literally nearly burned my fingers off. So Holy the point shit. is just be yourself guys. Just talk about it. Just, you know, and that's and don't, <laughs> and don't have candles next to the bed if you're having sex because literally don't cause things get crazy. <laughs> insane. Insane. I've actually had like an almost fire incident myself in that same way. So now we know what could happen. Now we know. Okay. Let's do some rapid fire. This is actually a great question for you because you watch. Um, should I start The Bachelor tonight or not worth it? Yes, because it's COVID and there's not much going on and it's fun to talk. I, I honestly like talking about it with my supporters and followers more than I like the show. And that, and I really mean it. But mm-hmm. again, with again, me with the community, really like I'm literally about to start like a commune for women, but like I just <laughs> love chatting about it with people and yeah. like everybody, the, the super fans. So yes, for that reason, so we can chat about it. Is it weird or no big deal if someone posts on social media, happy birthday to my girlfriend instead of their name? Um, I think that's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Something's off about it. Something's off. Like why? I, I just, can't pinpoint. I can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you've ever gone through significant other's phone, did you find something sketchy? Yes or no? Um, I, I don't think I have. No. Really? I, yeah, I don't ever. You've never gone through someone's phone. I've looked over a shoulder and mm-hmm. some stuff where I wasn't thrilled about, but he turned out to be a lunatic anyway. So, okay, fair. Yeah. If you live with your significant other, should you consider their family your family? Yes or no? No. You've been dating your significant other for a year and they've given you head less than five times. Red flag or deal breaker? literally the biggest red flag. I would never like, are you taking me five times should be in the first week of dating? <laughs> like, literally the first day. <laughs> oh You're in your early twenties and have been dating for four years. You love to think about them forever. Your boyfriend admits his love for you, but is not at the point in his life to think about it as much like forever. Um, who has more normal thinking you or the boyfriend? So be honest with you. And obviously I'm biased from my personal, for my journey. I think probably the boyfriend, if it's Mm -hmm. that young, I have to say, I think it's important to spend some time alone and form yourself and love yourself. Yeah, I'd agree. Actually, are you triggered when someone outside of an interview asks where you see yourself in five years? Yes, that's just kind of an annoying question. I I don't know. So annoying. Would you rather date a guy who's obsessed with stocks or obsessed with sports? Oh my God. Neither. Stocks, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not, I Are just, you, like, yeah. Are you more likely to take someone seriously from a dating app or that you met in real life? I know you're the big dating app person and I believe in dating apps, but I am also a psychic and I know that I won't meet my partner for life on a dating app. 
I know that's yeah. a bad answer, but that's just what I think. No, I it's fair. Them. And I love them. Mm-hmm. And so Tinks and I did this show together this summer that you saw if you attended, but if you didn't, her psychic powers are extremely real. And um, Tinks can look at a couple's photo on Instagram and tell you if they're going to last or not, which is really amazing. And by the way, I meant to tell you, I there was this wedding that I stalked because I, like, I loved her dress from about mm-hmm. two years ago, an LA couple. And and about six months ago, I, I checked in on her to see how my girl was doing. Did Divorce. a for my Finsta. And no, I just, her profile was the same, but I texted my friend and I said, they're divorced, aren't they? And she said, how did you know? She said, it's a secret. She said, it's a secret because she's been cheating on him. And she said, how did you know? I said, I knew in my gut when I looked at, immediately when I looked at her profile. So weird. That, that I think is a mix of your Virgo cancer because cancer is so intuitive. Virgo is just so on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is a Virgo like you and she has predicted every friend that's ever fucked me over before they fucked me over. It's like this crazy thing. Yeah. Um, when's your mom's birthday, by the way? My mom's birthday is June 4th. She's a Gemini. Very smart. I mean, but you know, so Gemini's but, a Gemini. But Gemini, very smart, <laughs> but she's Gemini. Half the time we get along, half the time we are, you know, she's definitely, I mean, I love her. I talk to her five times a day, but half the time I'm like, we're screaming and then we're like best friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I like to think that I'm a little psychic as well. I asked about someone the other day that I never ask about, you know, when that happens, like you just yeah. decide to ask about someone. Yeah. And um, the response was like, well, how did you know? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? I just like asked how she was. She had just gone through like a terrible, um, like a terrible miscarriage. And it was just so weird that I had asked about her because I, I don't think I've ever asked about this person. So yeah. wait, can I ask you one question? Because Yeah, is of a course. Question. I, I'm really hoping there's a Lindsayism for this. It's to do with dating. So yeah. let's say you are connected to a guy either through a setup or from a dating app and you're chatting a bit and he's like, yeah, let's hang out. Let's make plans. And then all of a sudden just completely ghosts, not mm. ghosts, but like it just goes cold. I know I, and you haven't met them yet. So you can't take it personally. The thing is I'm internalizing this, but I, I have this really bad feeling that he saw my social media and was like, I don't want to deal with someone who's kind of public or whatever. I don't know why. Uh, mm-hmm. it's he, like, either either that, which would be a blessing in disguise because yeah. you wouldn't want to be with someone who couldn't handle you and what you do and be supportive of it and love it and be your biggest cheerleader because yeah. of it. And then the second, which I think that guys are disgusting for this in so many ways, but, um, and I don't think this is you and him thinking this about you, but oftentimes, at least what I've noticed from like my, my boyfriend's friends and my guy friends is like, they'll look at someone's profile and they'll like do some digging and they'll think like, Oh, you know, this isn't the person that I imagined. Like she looks different or she looks this way, or I imagine her looking this way. And like, they're so shallow and trashy that like, that could be it, um, in another way. And like, again, you wouldn't want to be with this person. So I think, that's what's so bad about social media and yeah. like all of that shit. But I think either way, it's like something you can't read into. Like if, you're, if your friend is ever like, oh, I'm setting you up and then doesn't follow through, like you do not reach out to that friend and be like, what happened to that setup? Because you don't want to know. Just wanna... make peace with it and move on, you know? Yeah, my guy friend said, because it was on an app, we were chatting on an app and it was only a few exchanges. And I should have known something was up. He was like, you're so beautiful. Oh my God. Hey, like blah, 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 blah. 
And my guy friend said, or he has a girlfriend and that, cause it was just all of a sudden, like, you know, it, the match was gone, which is weird. Cause we were like live chatting and then it was gone. Yeah. Sus. I, if I had to guess my instinct says that he was like, saw that you had a following and like put yourself out there. Um, and he got scared that he would be like on blast. I think that's like another thing. It's like, as you continue to grow, um, and I'm sure you do like consent to to people that you're going to talk about them or whatnot, but I think you're going to need a certain person who is confident enough to be okay with being like being out there as well. And the, and I'm just like such a cliche. Every girl the following in LA is like, I don't, I want a guy with no Instagram. And like, that's yeah. all for me. So well, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about you, <laughs> but Tinks, can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has been great for you throughout the years or helpful? Truly. I know I said it before, but it has, it's the thing that's helped me the most is comparison is the thief of joy, like for mm. so many things. And that can also be about comparing yourself um, to your previous self or like what mm. you should be. So it, it really works for everything. Like I used to spend a lot of time thinking like, was I happier then? Was I prettier then? Or this is what I should be. Or like, this is what I should be in my mind. Like whenever I, whenever, when I, when I cut that out and when I focused on maniacally on like today, the present, like, what is, what should I be doing today? What, what's creatively fulfilling me today? My life got so much better. Don't compare yourself to your former self, your future self, or your friend. The only person, the only relationship you need to work on is the one with yourself and be present every day. I love that. Tinks, where can everyone find you, follow you? And need Tinks on every platform, baby. Literally everything. Find me on LinkedIn for all I care. I'm there for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And really quick bonus question. What TikTok trend has got to go? Like all the whipped coffee and any of the foods. Like I don't... <laughs> any jokes about banana bread, any jokes about whipped coffee, like please just... I can't. Like just no more. We need new food trends in, in yep. one heavily agree thank you so much tanks you're amazing the best thank you for having me love you